Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your sweet and kind and gentle GM, woo, Daniel Anderlich. With me today is Stace Babcock. That new opening, I mean, really still doesn't give me any comfort. <laughs> Alex Finn. I'm here under protest. I was disturbed from playing Baldur's Gate 3, and I've been kidnapped. And Samson Davis. It's the uwu that gets me every time. Like, Because this has been the intro since, like, May? Possibly March? I was thinking, how long am I going to call it new? It's mm-hmm. every time. It's been a while yeah. now. It's still upsetting. The uwu is critical. It is the foundation of that intro. I would agree with that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I begrudgingly agree with that, yeah. But you know what I don't begrudgingly agree with? I wholeheartedly agree with this. Die Hard Dice and their fabulous high-quality dice that they sell for you to buy and have and play. They make your game better. So get some for your game. Go to dieharddice.com. Look through their huge array of beautifully colored dice, metal and acrylic. They're all high-quality. And when you find the dice perfect for your table or your game or whatever you're doing, use our code Explorers Wanted at checkout. You get 10% off your order. That's high quality dice for a little bit cheaper. And you're supporting your favorite good uh, good podcast. So do that. Thank you. Explorers Wanted, 10% off Die Hard Dice. It's us. And they have new sets coming out right now. Oh, do they? Yes. They just posted some of them coming out. There's a Fae Quartz collection. Nice. Which is a series of acrylic dice that are colored for the seasons. Ooh. Ooh. And then they have another batch of their critlings, which are the really tiny oh. dice that are like little, like almost oh. like little pea sized. The ones you really want to put in oh, your mouth. D- yeah. Don't eat the dice. I'm not, I'm not looking at these. <laughs> Die Hard Dice is very angry when we tell people that. <laughs> don't eat the dice, listeners, no matter how tasty they are. Yeah. Why am I clicking on these? <laughs> They're pretty. They're really pretty. So, who remembers what happened last time? I'm going to pick on Samson. Yay. I was going to pick on Stace just for the hell of it, (laughs) since she asked for the recap beforehand, but then I changed my mind. I asked for a brief refresher. Thank you, Samson. (laughs) Yeah, so last time, episode opened up with Ilsen falling into the secret room, accessed by pulling the lady sconce yes on the wall in the secret passageway we found in the uh, enclave she found a bunch of murals down there depicting lathe the dipper yeah i think it was just lathe and the dipper in the bottom room found a small shrine uh, oh found another mural to ardenant the god of growth and the official big head honcho god of corpus correct yeah the state religion is definitely based on ardenant uh, all right also found a strange console like thing in that same room with the Ardenant. Oh, oh. Ezri and Magpie had both uh, fallen through as well by the end of the episode before last. So all three of us are down in the room. We're looking around. Can't find much we can use since none of us <laughs> are really brave enough to start understanding Numenera at this point. So we're not going to do that. So we go back upstairs, pull the mail sconce, and find that gravity reverses and pulls us up when we pull on the mail sconce. So that's cool. Before we investigate, though, we go talk to uh, Yasmin, who's a bit cranky with kind of Ezri, because Ezri has been gone for a little bit, and Yasmin's kind of feeling it, because she's had a lot to deal with. But anyway, we go up with spikes and rope, we go up the uh, male sconce route, we find another room with the same murals of the Dipper and Lathe and Ardenant up there. We also find some prior world shenanigans. We find this weird, like, 
floating anvil thing in pink lights behind the dipper mural door. We also find an office and a workshop behind another door. It's got some prior world kind of crystalline objects. It's also got some, like, devices. I think they were either ciphers or artifacts. I didn't write them down. I think they were ciphers. They were ciphers. Yeah. And then we also find this fun little guy just sitting at his desk, dead. He's a skeleton. And then when Ezri took a look, found that the skull seems to have insects-like things for teeth that then start to move and attack Ezri, and that's where we left off. Yeah, so imagine more than there should be, considering the amount of teeth that should be in a human mouth. More than a hundred of these roach-like creatures made of bone come swarming out at Esri, and I need everybody to roll initiative. Oh, shit. Super rude. Assuming you're going to help Esri. If you don't care about Esri, you guys don't have to roll. You guys better fucking care about Esri. I guess she's grown on us. <laughs> we care. I, you're the one tuned for combat, so <laughs> what can we do except get out of your way? Joke's on y'all. I got a two. Ah. I got an 11. I got a 12. Ooh. I don't like going first wow. in initiative. That doesn't feel right. Too bad. Well, you won't be. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be second. I'm trying to decide how much I think of this as a surprise. These are coming out. Very of. surprising. I'm going to give the bad guys a surprise round. Oh. Esri, these uh, teeth roaches swarm over you and are trying to bite you. There's so many of them that I don't think it's like a speed defense thing. This feels like a might defense thing to kind of shake them off and like step back. Although you could argue either way. And I think it's a 12 is the target number. Ooh, buddy. Got a six. Okay. So you will take four damage as they nibble and sting you. Armor? Armor will help. Yeah. But you will be hindered on your next turn from their little mouth poison. Garbage. Okay. So then it's Ilsim. You see all these things brawling and attacking Ezri, and you notice that as much as you can tell from bug behavior, it's not like they're making facial expressions or anything like that, but you do detect that the swarm is starting to split up into three groups. Okay. Are the bugs, like, kind of covering Ezri right now? It's not like you can't see her. There's just, there's a bunch on her, but, you know, we're probably talking about 20 all along, all over her like arms and legs right now. Okay. Trying to make their way up to that sweet, sweet face meat, but they're not there yet. Sure, sure. I have something that might help, but I'm going to get one out of the room. So Ilsen is going to pull out her quarter staff, and I'm going to try to, like, get a majority of the bugs on Ezri off of her, kind of using the quarter staff to, like, kind of sweep large parts of it off her, like, arm and back and stuff. Oh, I really like that idea. Yeah, so I think that's a 12. Uh, Speed? Well, it's a melee weapon, so I think it's... Well, I guess you're saying it's dexterity-based. You could argue either might or speed, I think, because of the way you're doing this. Yeah, because I'm not trying to attack her. I'm just. Tr- I'm not even trying to attack the bugs. I'm just trying to like push them off. Yeah, then I would say speed, then. Could I also argue for careful movement as a skill? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'd allow that. So that makes it a nine. Nine, and then I'm going to put a thing of effort, speed effort, into this to make it a six. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's a two, so I'll just... Okay. Uh, And at the end of my turn, everyone, get out of the room. That's it. Okay. Now it's the Bugs' turn again. So, Ezri, make a 12 might or speed defense roll. You got it. 18. 
Okay. Like, you managed to shake the majority off of, of them off you. Like, there's still some there, but it's not like you've got, like, an active swarm crawling across you right now. Now it's just, like, the onesies and twosies you missed. They are definitely going to regroup, but you've got them off you for now. The two other groups actually spread wings and start flying at Magpie and Ilsa. So, Ilsa, since they're flying at you and they've got some distance to go, whereas Esri was holding up the, the skull... I think it's probably a speed defense roll to see if you respond fast enough before they reach you. Yep. That's a 12. I'm just going to roll that straight. Uh, 15. Nice. You manage to dodge as this swarm kind of comes at you almost like one being. Magpie, same thing. Defend against a 12 as these bone bugs come flying at you. Hungry, hungry for that juicy magpie flesh. 19. Okay. You're definitely going to be able to avoid them. What would you like for a minor effect? So, is Esri still covered in bugs? She's just got like one or two on her, like she is mostly in the clear. I guess I just want to put a free level of bug-related effort out there. Mm. So like you're helping people avoid? Yes. Okay, that's fair. Teamwork makes the dream work, they say. Okay, so that's the bugs from Esri. So I would like to use Fleet of Foot. Mm -hmm. Esri will get out of the room into the doorway, and then... Mm -hmm. Pull out her shotgun and fire a spread at one of the storms. Okay. So I, I get that a shotgun is like precision is not a thing, but just going level by with the swarms and things like that. So I think it is still 12 to hit. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I am going to use a uh, level of speed effort. Okay. Makes it a nine. At 20. Nice. Nice. Extra damage or major effect? Extra damage. I'm sorry, I can't do anything else. And your shotgun is a heavy weapon? Yes, so six. Okay, so six plus four. One of these swarm groups is, like, essentially obliterated. Nice. nice. Hell yeah. And then she closes the door. <laughs> Just leaving the other two in there. Magpie. I mean, honestly, with our crew, I would not be surprised if we did that to each other. Like, ah, I guess she's heading for the door. That's a good plan. Yeah. Okay, so you get out the door. Next up, it is Ilsen's turn. Top of the round. Fleet of foot to get to the door and outside. And then Ilsen is going to toss the filament detonation cipher that she got from Magpie last episode. And then close the door. It's at level five, and the filaments remain in the area for ten minutes. You guys have solved the puzzle yeah, yeah. in that there's no way these bugs survive that cipher with the door being shut and being stuck in there, considering it keeps hurting them mm. over there. Mm. Wow, look at us using our items, using group tactics, communicating. Holy shit. It's like a whole other adventuring party. <laughs> this is what happens when you play Baldur's Gate. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, play Baldur's Gate. No, you no. played it in your mind. Through You've us. already seduced that bear in your mind. I, I feel like I have had a full relationship with Asterion <laughs> just from all your talks. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are outside of the room, the bug room. Um, you can still hear, like, a bone being shattered and torn apart in there for the next ten minutes. So, I want you to imagine that happening in the background while you talk about what you're going to do next. Elsen just kind of, like, sits down on the floor for a second, takes a breath, and I'm going to take a recovery roll real quick. So, Esri, uh, what do you want to do with all this uh, crazy bullshit you found in your house? Finish exploring it, see if we can use it keep everyone else out of here. Hey. Put up like a nuclear waste sign in front of the door here. This is not a place of honor. <laughs> Were there three doors in this room? 
Because the dipper led to the weird anvil, and then this was the workshop one. There, was, there wasn't a third door. I don't think we went in the weird anvil. Well, we looked in there. You looked in the weird anvil room. You didn't yeah. actually go in and do anything. You looked in that one, and then you went and you looked at the other one. We should go in that one, then. But on this, this one, you saw ciphers, and you guys got excited, itchy fingers. I mean, I feel like we've been using a lot of ciphers with this uh, campaign. That's why they're there. That's why That's why I've been throwing them at you. Ezri will go and peer at the anvil. Do you go into the room, or do you just peer at the anvil? Oh, she's going to walk into the room first. Okay, so you walk into the room, and you can see this sort of anvil-like thing floating in the air at about chest height, and it is bathed in a column of pinkish light coming down from the ceiling. Magpie, do you have any ideas about this? Why would I roll even for that? Lore? It would be Numenera if you're trying to figure out if there's something Numenera related here. Who wants to know about Numenera? It's definitely going to be prior world whatever it is, which means that lore doesn't really apply. The one time lore is not all powerful. Hey, let's try it. So you're hindered by one step. This will be a 12 before your hindrance, so it's a 15. I got a 16. Okay. This thing looks like an anvil, for sure. But it is also an interface. There's no obvious buttons or anything like that. It is some sort of interface, whether it's something with how you interact with the light around it, whether it's something you do touching it. That part is a little bit vague. You just know that this is an interface for some other device in this room. You don't see any obvious other device in this room. Maybe it is connected to the room itself as opposed to another device. But you'd have to do a lot more investigation in this room to like narrow that down for sure. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing with this, too, is that most of your background in Numenera is often flavored this way because usually what you do is take them apart for the goodies inside. Mm-hmm. So we have an interface and we have a room. We could try hitting it with things. That seems like a bad idea. What's the worst could happen? Bees? I'm going to stand outside, but you're welcome to <laughs> see what happens. Just give a shout if you need me. Esri will, in fact, step outside. Elsen's going to follow Esri, but still peek in. Like, Magpie, do you not know anybody? Like, uh, when you kind of... Do we know that Magpie is a delve at this point, that that's kind of her angle? You saw her take stuff apart, which is sort of a specific kind of skill to have. Okay. Whether or not she's advertised that to Esri, is, it's up to Alex whether or not that she's done that part. But um, but at least you witnessed that set of skills okay. while you were with her at the Transit Guild. Magpie, do you know anybody who is an expert in this prior world bullshit? Somebody we could bring in and at least get their advice? Or at least we go talk to if we don't want to bring them into the house uh, explicitly? We certainly don't want to bring them here. Right, right. Maybe, but you kind of have to be willing to pay me. Oh. Okay, well, pass also. Great. So are you going to touch it or not? <laughs> They're like, you have the door half shut. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Ezra and Elson are, are like, going to do peeking. it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess Magpie's going to look around and see if there's any, like, other areas of note. Mm. Are there any highlighted items? Okay. Yeah, if I, like, <laughs> hold down left alt, is anything highlighted as a collectible? Well, give me a perception roll of nine. Can I emotionally support my way through this? Mm-mm. I fucking love that. That's one of my skills. <laughs> Ezri will help. She'll be like, hey, don't forget the back corner. I don't think you quite... And that Doors and corners, that's where they get mm-hmm. you. Doors and corners. That's good for two assets. 
That just makes it funnier. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, watch out. Two assets. <laughs> no, no. Speak hey, specific. Look in that corner over there. I, I do. I, I love the idea that maybe like Esri's good advice is actually the most plain Jane useless advice in the world. But it endears you guys so much to her. It like takes you to another level. It puts you in a better frame. It's kind of like dad advice, where it's it, it just is. like it's dad advice for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like once you've heard it, it's always the same. It always comes back up in the same situations. Yeah, I got a thirteen. <laughs> okay, so looking closer, you can definitely tell the central point is not just sort of like the display where it floats. You can definitely now notice that while nothing's lit up. As you're looking at the sort of the patterns of the natural seams of whatever this synth-like material is that's on the floor, there's definitely, it's not straight lines, but there's very clear, like, lines radiating out from this device. It definitely probably connects to the walls or something like that, given your theory that maybe you hit it with something. Notably, though, there is no other, like, tools or implements in here. Maybe I stole it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, baby, why don't you come look at these? Uh, look at what? This. And she's going to be pointing at the floor. I can see them from here. But you really have to feel them. Uh, I don't think I do. I think think my senpai is far smarter and better at this than me. I think I'll just get in the way. Good luck. (laughs) (sighs) I'm scrapping this all. (laughs) I mean, what would a role be to salvage all of this? You could try to salvage this connection to the walls. The connection to the walls is probably, it's like you're pulling out the Mm -hmm. copper wiring or the, you know, getting all the copper piping out of this building. So you could do that. That's probably only like a 12 salvaging rule, which you have training and light tools. So that's like a six for you. Attempting to salvage the anvil interface, that would definitely be a, a 12 as well. (laughs) <laughs> as soon as Ezri sees any sort of tools coming out, she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not take it apart. It could give us clues. I, I mean, the, the taking apart thing's kind of my thing. Yeah, let's let's not take this apart. Maybe, because this does kind of look like an anvil, and maybe you can use that kind of little mallet tool you have there and just kind of not smash the anvil, but tap it on top, just... Little tingling. Little tip-tip. Ezra will just take, like, three giant strides and touch the anvil with her finger. Mm. Her least important finger. (laughs) (laughs) The pink flashes for a moment, and this voice echoes out in one language, then another language, then another language. At some point, it gets to, like, you can pick out some words to some degree. It essentially comes up pressure insufficient. Pressure insufficient. wonder what kind of pressure. It harder. Oh, she'll poke it harder. At this point, magpies by the door. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're hitting it harder, like tap again, or are you actually swinging your hammer? No, like a firmer press, like it's a touchpad. Like maybe that's, it needs to be poked harder. So it comes back again, like pressure insufficient, and then it pops up like some sort of iconography. You're not exactly sure what it means, but it sort of looks like it's suggesting you might want to report to the infirmary. Hmm. I think you should use a sledgehammer. I don't want to break it. Someone invested a lot of time in studying this or something. She'll put her whole palm on it. Pressure insufficient. Ugh. 
And then it actually projects an image of not human, but humanoid, like an image of a hand extending uh, like a forearm, but where the hand should be sticking out straight, it's just drooping <laughs> limply from the end of the arm. Oh, I think it's taunting you. I think it is. It's saying you're not really that strong. Hammer, 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 hammer. hammer. Oh, okay. Hammer. All, right, all right, all right. I just finally understood why the hammer makes sense. Um, oh. <laughs> so Esri will take a, you know, couple steps back. She'll get out her sledge and she's going to swing it down on the anvil. Like what percentage of force are you say you're using? All of it. <laughs> okay. Okay, give me a six might roll. Nineteen. Awesome. So you slam your hammer down. It shakes. The anvil just barely gives at all. So you definitely feel the vibration all the way back down into your arms. (laughs) (laughs) But pink flashes yellow and then green. And then on the, like, so this is sort of like a, a circular room in here is how I'm envisioning it. To the right and left far sides, portions of the walls slide down seamlessly, revealing two hallways. You hear claps from the doorway. Is this what all secret hideouts have? Uh, No. And then you do see something flash on the screen. You don't recognize the system, but you get the feeling that it's numbers. As if it's raiding your head. Yeah, I figured. (laughs) Well, you guys need a nap? Are you hungry? Or do you want to explore these hallways? How long have we been down here? Well, up here, actually. (laughs) Not too long. We haven't been up here very long. No. You guys probably spent, like, you know, because you were exploring a bit, and then you were, like, at least for the up part of this, you know, you, you were exploring a bit, and then you came, you had a nice little fight, and then you came here and you did some experimentation. So, yeah, you've probably been up here for maybe half an hour. Okay. Because Tibu was mad. So, <laughs> as we're trying to pay attention. Oh, we did forget mm-hmm. about that in the recap, the Tibu trauma. No, I mentioned it. Or did I say Yasmin? Oh, yeah. Said, yeah. I was like, it, oh. you did not say Tibu. I meant to say Tibu. Tibu is the one that was cranky. This one? This one? Yeah. Let's go down this one. Which one are you going down? That one. The one on the right. Okay. Well, actually, do we see anything just like looking down both the corridors or both through both the doors? So they both kind of go straight out for a while and then they curve off in their respective directions. There's nothing else on the walls or anything, at least prior to the curve. Okay. You go down the right one and come around the curve and... You can see that this hallway ends with another door. This one, very different. Like, it's the kind of thing that you guys have all seen enough prior world stuff to know that, like, these are doors. These are not, like, really complex doors. But it's quite clearly that the style of these doors is completely different than the style of any of the other doors you've seen in these surprise spaces at all. Okay. There's a door at the end, and there's a door on the left-hand side about midway to the end. The hallway itself is probably about 15 meters. Ezri will open up the first door. Okay. You open up the first door. Inside this door, it's dark, but it's also seeming to undulate somehow. But as you're getting closer, assuming you've got a glow globe, you notice that this darkness is not just dark. It's it's actually just the lack of light. What you see instead is what appears to be a column of roiling water just on the other side of this door. Oh, this is pretty sick, actually. Is there anything inside the column of water? Sure, you could look closer. He'll send us that. Okay, he'll send us that. Are you bringing your glow globe closer at the same time, or is it just... 
the light of the other glow globe. I want to see into my mind what this is like. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ilsen will keep her glow globe close. I don't think she's going to put it up to it just in case there is something in there that doesn't like light. Okay. Yeah. So you see the light kind of, because this water is sort of rippling, the light also kind of like ripples through it. Mm-hmm. And you do notice that on the far side, there is some sort of dark shape moving in the water. She'll take a quick step back and then be like, uh, something's in here. Did I get a sense of how big it was? Well, you're hoping, like, because it looked like it was maybe a fairly big shape. Like, if you were trying to imagine that it was a fish, because that's probably what you assume if you're looking at water, and you see something moving that's some sort of fish or something like that, it's a big one. It's probably, like, tarpon size. Like, so we're talking, like, seven, eight feet long. Ooh. And at least that's what you're hoping. And it's not just the distance. You don't know exactly how far back it goes. It's very hard to get proper depth perception there. Misselson kind of able to walk around the column of water? It's inside the column. No, it's like the door is flush with the column. Oh. So it's like you open the door and like beyond the plane of the door, it's just water Oh, rolling around. You assume it's a column because that would make sense if we're trying to describe this, but mm-hmm. either that or it's maybe it's an even bigger room that's filled with water and you're just looking through one tiny bit of it. Oh. I mean, I could throw a, another glow globe into that water and then we could see what happens, but I think something's in there and I would rather not piss off whatever ancient ass thing is in this fucking room. I think maybe we just close the door. I, I won't fight you on this. Okay. You close the door out of the corner of your eye at one last minute as the door is closing as the light filters down what looks to be almost like the floor of that room is moving and then you notice that it's an enormous like swarm of crabs that are slowly making their way towards the light so that's what you see just a glimpse as you shut the door oh fuck as we write down food source (laughs) (laughs) could Elsen do like a spatial memory check to kind of guesstimate where we are in reference to, like, the parts of the Enclave that we know of. Yeah. It's been going all sorts of different directions. There's no other exterior landmarks to go off of. Yeah, give me some, like, a 12. Alright. Uh, I got nothing for this, so I'll just roll straight. Five. You're not sure. One thing you do know is that this doesn't make sense. Like, the distance that you've walked, the fact that you know that you're up above the main floor of the Enclave, Mm -hmm. And that you've been going here. Like, so uh, you're not sure where you are, but the one thing you do know for sure is this doesn't make any fucking sense in the context of the Enclave building, unless you're somehow into, I mean, you can't tell you've been going through synth areas and things like that, but like the only other thing you could think of is either this is some like really crazy prior world shit where like it has no application to reality or you're just confused or it could be that you're in the rock of the lathe cliff face and not in one of the tiers at all and that was actually my second question looking at the building that the enclave is in from the outside it's not a standalone building where we where ilson could like it's recessed into the rock yeah yes okay okay interesting ilson's good to go down the hallway unless somebody else wants to do something nope no okay you head down the hallway you reach the door there is a recognizable icon now that you get closer to it. It's the same icon that the anvil registered in response to one of Ezri's weaker love taps against it, where it said, please report to the infirmary. He wasn't trying to be strong, okay? 
who's being cautious as we will open the door <laughs> strongly. <laughs> In the room, you see essentially these reclining tables, like half chair, half table. It reclines back comfortably, sort of like a really nice gamer chair, except that it can also extend out from the bottom, turn into something where you lay down flat. And there is literally like a console next to it. The controls look simple. They look more like, do I do this or do I not? As opposed to, I'm going to program it to do something specific. And there are all sorts of long metallic hands and surgery tools hanging down from it. You know, if we can get this place working, this would be a huge boon. Some place to come heal from whatever uh, shenanigans they throws at us. If we got it working for humans. Yeah, true, true. Furniture's nice. As you guys are kind of stepping in the room, you notice that all around that area, that surgery area, slowly lights start coming up in the ceilings and wall, bringing white light into the room as it detects movement and presence inside of it. Is there anything that Ilsen would recognize as, like, storage cabinets? Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. Can Ilsen look through those and see if there's anything that she can recognize as helpful? So you find a combination of things that look like they might be, like, surgical tools. Not many of them. Ilsen would know what surgery entails. So it's not, like, a full set of surgery tools. It's just a few. Mm -hmm. And then look to be, like, almost, like, crafting type tools probably you would assume for upkeeping the machinery mm -hmm. but they don't all make sense like some of them are very logical if you know the shape of a connection and you see a wrench you can pretty much figure out what that means <laughs> but some of them are really odd mm -hmm. in the way that you have a hard time even imagining like if this goes into some sort of socket i have no idea what that socket would really look like because this looks like a fucked up, like, hourglass-shaped corkscrew. Mm -hmm. uh, Ilsen will call from across the room, Esri, you really need to find a nano or a right to bring in with the Enclave, because all this seems like it'd be incredibly useful if we just knew how to use it. We can look, but we're not bringing anyone in here that we don't trust. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Find somebody like that to join the Enclave. Somebody trustworthy. Mm. Or find somebody dispensable. Uh, No. I mean, it's a way to test things. True, but what if something goes wrong and then spreads out to all of the rest of the Enclave? Oh, has that happened like five times or something? Has it? No. Well, you had the cat. That's one, at least. Since you've owned this building. No, I, th I thought Mr. Tompkins came in with the uh, food shipment. Right. So what else has been here since and before that has potentially emptied out this building? It doesn't seem like many people. I think we do need to look into the history of uh, Leith as a city. I can take care of that. All right. You want to call it here? Go back? Well, there was that other uh, doorway from the anvil room. Yeah, let's check it out. Okay. You go back. You enter in that left tunnel, or left corridor, rather. Similarly, you don't see anything before the curve, and then you see a door on the left, a door on the right, and a door straight forward at the end of the hallway. So two doors are right across from each other? Ish. They're not, like, directly okay. aligned, but they're close. They're a little offset each other. So Ezreal just go to the whichever one is closest. Okay, so that's the one on the right. All right, and open it up. There is a roiling bunch of water up against the door. He closes that door. Okay. And goes to the next one. Okay. So the door on the left. You open that up. And what you see in there is a room, like its walls are essentially, they're pale metal, 
with like a green grid going along them. The room is roughly rectangular, the exception of one corner that is sort of curved instead of being a right angle. And the light kind of pulses around it in a circle. And in here, you see what appear to be like a couple of workbenches, nothing fancy or anything like that to the workbenches themselves. But on top of each workbench is a device. The devices don't look anything like each other. One is stretching almost the entire length of the workshop. It has four buttons on it that you can see. The item on the other workshop table is roughly the diameter of a dinner plate, but its width is probably the size of a what you think of as a soda can. And it has a, some sort of like interface on it. It doesn't have physical buttons, it, but you do see something that I would say probably definitely Ilson because of how much Ninth World stuff you would have seen in Margothy. And Magpie, there's some sort of touch surface on it for interfacing with it. Okay. I was writing stuff down. Can you say again what that first item was? That was like the length of the room, or at least very long. It's the length of the workbench, essentially. Oh, right. And it's got four buttons on it. Okay. It's not like a rectangle. I mean, it's kind of like vaguely that shape, but like it, it has curved. It's definitely mechanical, but the design and structure of it feels almost like an organic surface as opposed to like a form one. Yeah. I guess he'll send, we'll go to the thick dinner plate looking item. Mm-hmm and just kind of inspect it before interfacing, get a closer look at it. Yeah, up closer, you can definitely... See so are you trying to do, like, any kind of Numenera role here? Is that what's going on? Or are you just looking to see any other distinguishing details? Looking for distinguishing details before trying a understanding Numenera role, yeah. Okay, I mean, it's got that touch surface. The rest of it is pretty mechanical and utilitarian-looking in design. Does it seem like it's connected to anything or any... It looks like it's freestanding. Okay. All right, then Elsen will just kind of touch it in the center. Okay. It lights up, and then it makes almost like a little vibration against your finger. And you pull your hand away, and then you see a dot on it blink in the upper left, and then another one blink in the lower right. One after another, or at the same time? One after another. One of the lights was green, one of the lights was red. Was the first uh, light green? First light was green. Then she'll quickly just tap the light green light the green light mm-hmm. nothing happens then it blinks green and then red again okay she'll quickly tap both corners left and right okay you do that the whole screen flashes green and then it pops up green in the left hand red in the lower right hand yellow in the middle all right green red yellow it flashes green green in the upper left red in the lower right yellow in the middle purple to the left. Dan, am I fucking playing Simon Says right now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, she'll keep going. Uh, green, red, yellow, purple. Okay, you do that, then it goes green, red, yellow, purple, and then it says bop it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. fuck <laughs> but all right uh green red yellow purple and then if there isn't an obvious place to bop it she'll just kind of smack it on the side okay it flashes green again and then goes green red yellow purple bop it twist it all right green red yellow purple bop it and then she twists the whole dinner plate okay it flashes green again 
goes green, red, yellow, purple. Bop it. Twist it. Red, yellow. All right. Green, red, yellow, purple. Bop it. Twist it. Red, yellow. Okay. It flashes green again. God. And then it goes green, red, yellow, purple. Bop it. Twist it. Red, yellow, green, purple. Bop it. Oh, my God. Green, red, yellow, purple. Bop it. Twist it. Red, yellow, green, purple. Okay. Flashes green again. Green, yellow, red, purple. Bop it. Twist it. Red, yellow, purple, green. Bop it. Twist it. Bop it. Green, purple, yellow, red. All right. You lost me. I would. Can I do a in- intellect roll to... That is what we are leading to. Yes. Okay, cool. This is a six intellect roll to keep up with the sequence. Ilsen is begrudgingly invested. I'm going to put a level of intellect effort to make it a three. Can we give uh, assets by being quiet? Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what did you roll, Samson? I'm going to spend an XP to re-roll the two. Wow. I want it to work. I want this. Uh, 16. Okay. You get the code in. Goes green, then goes purple, red, green. You said it goes green and then purple, red, green? Well, what I want to know is, does it flash green or is the sequence green, purple, oh, red? it flashes green. Okay. It flashes green. Okay. It's like... Then I think the sequence was purple, red, green, and Jill had purple, red, green. Mm-hmm. It flashes up some sort of, like, static on the screen, but you find it's almost, like, hard to look away. It's almost like a magic eye picture on that screen, and in that magic eye shape, Nothing moves, but you get the suggestion of a face. And it seems to cycle through a bunch of languages. And then it suddenly says something that is close enough to the rude Margothy language mm-hmm. that you can sort of piece together as saying it's asking for your identifying ID. It's allowing for four characters. Oh, I think she'll put in IVMT. So you put in IVMT and then... And the screen flashes and it goes back to the normal screen and it displays a leaderboard. You are currently ranked five and it has something that it's not exactly the same, but it's close enough that you get the impression that, that it looks a little bit like the way the folks in lay track dates. Mm-hmm. And it could like it's not exactly the same series of numerical symbols they use, but it's close enough like you're like, that could be today's date. Mm hmm. There are some people beneath you, a bunch of different names, but their dates are, like, in negative numbers, essentially. Negative numbers? Yes. Well, it's not that they're displayed in negative numbers. It's that the dates themselves don't make sense, Mm -hmm. which makes sense if it's a prior world artifact. There are four of the names above you in the leaderboard are also those kind of crazy dates. The top person on the leaderboard is... S-T-M. And their date was last week. Bowie! I broke into her house and played this game. When she notices that, she will call Ezra over, kind of explain the situation with the leaderboards and point to S-T-M being here last week. Does uh, S-T-M mean anything to you as a, a code? Initials? Anything? No. I don't like that someone's been here, though. I'm starting to wonder if all this stuff is connected to a wider uh, complex because we still don't know what's up with those water rooms. Yeah, I want to get out of here, close those doors, Mm -hmm. and uh, think about what we want to do. 
but I think we should at least explore that uh, one last door. Because there was that third door right outside. Yeah, at the end of the corridor. Yeah. All right, one quick look. You go to the end of that door. What you see in there, again, there's water here, but it's not like water up to the door. It's like there's steps going down from it, and there is water that is up to a certain level. It doesn't reach the level of the door across there. It's slick and, you know, dark water. Like, it's clearly got a lot of, like, silt or debris or anything like that. It definitely smells stagnant. A quick question about that. Um, all the water rooms that we've encountered, does it smell like fresh water or salt water? I would say it smelled more like salt water. Okay. But this is somewhat stagnant. And there isn't any light or anything there, although you do see as you, like, open the door, there are some bioluminescent mushrooms down near the water that kind of fade, like their color fades in response to some light coming in. And from one corner of the water, you can't quite see that corner clearly, just the the, the shape and of the room and the fact that you're not, like, probably... You're not... Since you didn't go in it, you're just peeking into it, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Okay. You can see something like a shadow kind of moving low against the water, and you hear some of the water move a little bit in response to that. What if we threw the shrinky-dinky explosion thing at them? Let's not. What if they eat those? We don't know what these are. Can anybody give me a perception roll of nine? Ezri's trained. Uh, I still got my flex skill up. Seven. For perception. Eighteen. Magpie. A ten. She really is focused on that shrinky-dink explosion. Mm-hmm. Well, it's still enough. You all hear, like, this quiet but sharp intake of breath from over in that corner. Ezri knows what to do. She throws her glow globe like a baseball in that direction. <laughs> Beams somebody in the head. Welcome, travelers. You... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. This whole quest line's fucked now. Oh, my nose. You throw the glow globe. It hits the water and sinks down, but not before you see a naked guy from, like, the belly up. (laughs) You can't see, like, he's, like, up to his belly in the water. Um, Like, well, belly wrong, probably closer to, like, the diaphragm. Wearing real high-waisted water pants. He looks very naked. You get a glimpse of, like, pale flesh as the glow globe sinks next to him, just as it kind of flashes off his legs. How clear is the water? Not very clear. It's like a murky glow coming up from the bottom now. And you see his face. He looks like emaciated, long, dark beard, but with some streaks of gray. His hair is long. And when he opens his mouth in surprise, you see quite a few missing teeth in his mouth. And he lifts up very thin, but not like feeble arms, like wiry arms. As he goes, ah! Are you STM? Do you do that to everyone? Well, only... Throw light at their faces? Only people who hide in the dark. I'm not hiding. This is where I am. You're the one who came in here. You're the one who didn't say anything. Do you have a subletter? Oh, I'm sorry. I was suddenly outnumbered by people walking in. I accept your apology. <laughs> you really shouldn't keep the door open, you know. Why not? They might come in. Who's they? He'll send me and he turns around. <laughs> <laughs> the ones who roam the halls. You can hear them sometimes walking by, but you don't want to go out when they're there. Best to stay quiet and hide. What do they look? Okay. Ezri will close the door. So she's stepping in on top of the stairs that lead down. To close the door? 
Are you shutting the door with yourself outside of the room? Oh, the stairs are right up at the door. I wasn't sure how I was supposed to imagine the... Yeah, imagine it like it's a pool that has like a little built-in stairway going down. Got it. Um, like the shittiest pool. Because <laughs> this water is disgusting. Shut it, but why don't you come out so we can talk? No, I can't come out. Why? It's dangerous. He's like put his hands back down in the water and he's just kind of swishing them around. Do you... Would you like to leave this place? I can't. Why not? Everyone who leaves, they find. I hear them sometimes screaming when they take them. What? Do you know what this place is? Like, why are you here in the first place? This is a prison. A prison of the worst kind. And you are an inmate? I'm here, aren't I? I, yes. Okay. But why not, why not leave? I can't leave when they come. Are they here? I get everyone who leaves. I don't hear them now. They'll come soon. Okay. They always come. Well, I think you should enjoy yourself. I think we should leave. Yes. Okay. Well, good to... Hey, what's her name, real quick? sure you don't want to come down to the water? I'm pretty sh... It's easy to hide in here. I'm sure. Thank you, though, for the... For the offer. Good day. (laughs) (laughs) What's her name before we leave? Just so we know who to call for when we come back up here next. I had one once. Sometimes I'm not even sure I'm me anymore. Can Magpie just be writing a random name on the door and... Like, Stephen's room. No, 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 no. Ezri will try to stop. We don't want, we don't want to leave a sign that we're here. We want to go before these, they come. Yes, don't mark the door. I don't want them to come in. So is this like a subletting situation? I'm a terrible criminal. Well, you can always get better. There's always room for improvement. Look at Baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, hey. You know, I don't, Baby? Your name is Baby? My name is Ilsen. Ilsen Vite. Baby is better. Let's not give names. What? He doesn't even remember his own name. He might like yours. You know, some days I don't even think I remember what I did. I must have done something. Why else would I be here? Because you did it badly. And we're walking. (laughs) Shut the door. Keep an ear out. You hear them when they come. Most of the time. Ezri will close the door and keep an ear out. All right, let's go. Okay. You guys walk back. Ezri, you are specifically keeping an ear out. Mm-hmm. So give me a 15 perception. Okay, she is trained. Oops. Ah, seven. Yeah, things seem quite... I mean, it's still unnerving in here because you've encountered the weird guy at the end there, the weird water things. You've been attacked by, like, teeth bugs. Yeah. That kind of thing. You wander out and come back to the anvil room. She will uh, touch the anvil like a little baby and see if that makes the doors close. Pressure insufficient. Oh, she'll back up a couple steps. She's going to get a good, good grip on it this time. She's going to do a big old swing. Okay. As you're gearing up to do that, you hear a footstep coming down those halls. The sound of a foot hitting it. A clacking sound like a metal piece of a shoe or even a claw landing just slightly at a different time. And it's approaching and you don't see anything in the tunnels yet because they curve, but you hear them walking and picking up speed. Oh, she definitely finishes the swing. Okay, so this is a 15 might roll. Spend a level of might effort. Okay. Ilsen, can Ilsen very subtly assist? You can try, although Ilsen, I will remind you that your vitilago glow, glows green whenever you use your abilities. So there's only so much you can go subtle. Yes, it does. She's going to position herself behind 
Esri and Magpie if she can, and then at the last moment, kind of increase the gravity on the sledgehammer head to kind of give it a bit more power. Okay. So I'll give you even a half set, Esri. That's just six at this point. Yeah. Eight. Okay, you hit it. The doors begin rising to shut, and just before the door reaches beyond where you can see it, you see the shadow of something large with, and it's dark, so you can't see details, but a long, clawed hand starting to come around the corner before the doors shut. All right, so this place is absolutely off limits. Yes. Edelson has kind of turned away from the group and kind of gone into the uh, main room, kind of cool off. All right, well, let's seal this place up and get out of here. Okay, so you guys go back to the chamber that has the rope dangling down. So you'd be climbing up the rope until you reach the other side, and then you'd be trying to push the sconce to switch gravity back. Okay. What order are you guys climbing up in? Climbing up in? Yeah, because you can't climb next to each other on the rope. Like, what order are you? Oh, uh, Ezri will go first, I think. Okay. So, Ezri, the rope is an asset, so it's a six. Sixteen. Okay. You climb up, no problem. Who's going next? Elstan will go next. So it is a nine, but the rope gives an asset, which makes it a six. All right. Roll that. Eleven. Okay. You climb up just fine. Magpie. Natural 20. You start climbing up. Oh, no problem. And I want you to keep in mind what you might want for your major intrusion, because as you are climbing, as you're reaching in, you could swear you think you hear the distant sounds of those two doors opening way back where you came from. And that's where we'll end this episode. Nice. Let's see, Samson, something about this episode. I can't believe you just made me play Bop It for like five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) The audacity. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Yeah, the Bop It, and then I'm really glad Filament Cypher worked out as I imagined it would. So that's always nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Well, we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener, an XP to check out something that we think you'd really dig. This week, it is Stace's turn. Stace, what would you offer our listeners an XP to check out? Yo, listeners, go check out Starfield and play it. Play it a lot. And let me know all your secrets, because I definitely went like with a scavenging resource gathering build, because I'm like, I'm going to build a motherfucking outpost. It's going to be dope. Not a whole lot of combat skills, uh, which I'm fixing. It's been a little rough, but I got to tell you, <laughs> it is so good. And like I mentioned, the Discord doesn't seem to have too many of the, or at least on Xbox, I should say, crazy Bethesda bugs you would expect. The graphics look good. There's like one time an NPC popped up and I'm like, yeah, that's a Bethesda face. Okay. I know. I know where I am. I'm oriented now. But yeah, it's it's really cool. Uh, as I was playing it, it was, I was like, is this Mass Effect? I was like, "Is what is this? You know, what's going on? You know, Elite Dangerous or any of those games. The flying's not as complicated as that. But because you hop from planet to planet and, you know, there you can claim areas on the planet, build your little outpost, or they're like the standard landmarks that you see in these kind of games, like an abandoned industrial factory or like a, a, a little colony settlement or caves or, you know, whatever it may be. You can find these individual locations on each planet travel between them. And then, of course, there are all the cool locales. And I already got caught up in, like, negotiating a delicate diplomatic situation regarding, like, a potential alien ship. No spoilers. 
I've also engaged in handing out flyers to local businesses to encourage cooperation. So it's got that wide variety of quests. The main faction is called Constellation. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, Like your job is to explore. You're hunting down these artifacts. I already joined another faction, the United Colony Vanguard or whatever, which is like part-timey military stuff. And I'm in the process of joining another faction, which appears to be the corporate faction, where you just apply on a kiosk to join their company. I have an interview. So yeah, it's been really cool. Too real. It's too real. I know. It's been really cool and really fun. Uh, the shipbuilding is pretty awesome. You can so you you get a ship fairly early in the game. You can choose to buy other ships, which are too expensive for me right now because my trade empire isn't fully established. So <laughs> But you can buy modules to for your ship as well. And so depending on the number of modules or the type or their weight that you have on your ship, of course, then you have to make sure your engines are strong enough to power the ship, both your grav drive and your standard engine. So uh, that gets pretty fun. I spent like way too long doing that for a while and then ended up keeping none of my changes because I made it way too heavy and I couldn't afford like the better engines that I would need for my awesome fucking ship. But Now I have a goal. So you can get like habitat modules, you can get engineering modules, you can get like all sorts of different stuff. I can't wait to build my Megazoid. But anyway, check it out. It really is a lot of fun. If you like Bethesda open world RPGs, you're going to like this game. If you like sci-fi, you're going to like this game and get on it because every like so many people I know are playing Baldur's Gate 3 instead and I don't get it. So get on it. (laughs) It's the vampire and the bear. I played a little bit of it on PC and the I had some audio issues not syncing correctly with stuff. So PC might be a little unstable for these first few weeks. Like me. (laughs) (laughs) Just the PC version though, right? Switch version is a little bit of a wonky port. There's a Starfield Switch port? No, I was talking about Alex. It doesn't even make sense. (laughs) 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 Well, cool. If people want to tell us what they think of Starfield or the podcast, how would they do that, Samson? Well, we have a website. On that website, you can find all our socials. The website is explorerswanted.fm, and the socials are as follows. On Mastodon, we are at explorerswanted at dice.camp. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at explorerswantedpodcast. But the best place to hang out with us and talk about Starfield is to come to our Discord, explorerswanted.fm slash Discord, and find all the channels with which to discuss the relevant subjects. Also, if it is within your means and you're feeling generous, you can support us at patreon.com slash explorers wanted. Also, you can support us by using our dice failure code, dieharddice. Use explorers wanted at checkout, get 10% off your order. And if you can't financially support us, we totally understand. The best thing you could do for us is to tell your friends, tell them what you like about the show, why they should listen to it. Second best thing is to write us a five-star written review on a podcast directory like Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. It really does make a huge difference for people trying out the show. And if you didn't like the podcast, or if you just thought it was meh, well, it's almost that time again when she roams from home to home, searching for her lost love. You'll know her if you see her with her blue-streaked, bloodless skin, her limp, stringy copper hair, and the open wound where her eyes and nose should be. It's ragged and deep, like someone scooped out a piece of her face with a jagged trowel. If you see her in the light, you can almost make out the folds of her frontal lobe at the nadir of the cavity. But you won't. You won't see her coming. No one ever does. You'll only feel cold arms embrace you from behind in the dark. Her hoarse whisper in your ear. There you are. 
my sweet. And then just a hint of teeth playfully tugging at your lobe. But even that gentle bite will draw a warm trickle from your skin. But before you have time to protest, she'll grip you tighter and then take her first sharp nibble from your cheek. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Macedon as Daniel at Anderlik, A-N-D-R-L-I-K dot org. You find me on our Discord sometimes. I'm Stace Windu. Oh, I've been single for so long. <laughs> I'm at Slam Potato on Twitter and at Slam Potato at Dice.camp on Macedon. I'm just saying the cheek meat is not where it's at. And if you're aiming for blood, there is more than the neck. There are several locations and they're rarely covered in armor. All right, that's it for us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week as we will for every week in the foreseeable future. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye! bye.